welcome back or welcome to the Humans of Triathlon or Hot podcast where we bring you the ordinary but extraordinary world of triathlon one human one story at a time with the aim to inspire and to celebrate this life-changing sport and its humans through real authentic raw and enjoyable conversations with humans of triathlon from around the globe and from all walks of life Hello humans of Strathlawn this is Swapnil Chauhan here speaking from Melbourne Australia and I've got my two co-hosts with me today Robin Mayal aka Radmom Robin from Oregon US and Carlos aka Charles Hunk from London UK I know we've been a little irregular with the episodes this last month apologies for that but I think we should be back to our regu- regular schedule from now onwards so Yeah, today on the show we are joined by another amazing guest, soon to be host from Canada, who I will let Charles introduce. All right, Humans of Triathlon, welcome to another fascinating uh, episode of our second season. So today we have a very special guest uh, on one side. I think our guest is someone who makes uh, who makes triathlon and qualifying for world championships and things like that look like just having a cup of coffee on a cafe, right? Something very simple, practical, you know, like no big deal. Uh, even though she's gone through some stuff, which we'll talk about, but we'll get there. And secondly, as you know, our dear co-host Robin uh, is leaving us. And I have gone through some uh, sessions with therapists to try to go over it. You know, it's been... Uh, <laughs> Very difficult. I'm still trying to uh, to uh, to bring myself to reality and understand that it's fine, that it's going to be okay, it's good. But the punch here, and I think it's what uh, our our man uh, Swap Neil just mentioned before, is our guest is also the new co-host of Humans of Triathlon. So without further ado, we give you none other than Shayla Trilevin. Welcome. Oh, thank you for the. <laughs> Thank you for that introduction, and I, I hope, Charles, that I can alleviate some of your pain um, <laughs> that you're in for, for Robin leaving. <laughs> yeah, please, please do. I'm trying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just thought it would be a good idea to do an episode with you as a guest, firstly, just because you have a great story, which I believe would be relatable to many people in many ways, and also, yeah, just to introduce you to everyone before you sort of jump over to this side of the conversation well thank you very much because uh i'm excited to be part of the the podcast one as a guest but that you guys chose me to be um, a co-host out of all the people that uh, applied it, it means a lot and and i'm hoping to live up to you know the expectations that are out there and i know i won't be Robin, but hopefully people will get to know me just as Sheila. Yeah, I I think what I really loved from your audition was just how interested you are in in the stories of people around you and in how people come to the sport. And that's what really stood out because that's obviously really the focus of this podcast. And I think you will be an awesome addition. And I might be the one with buckets of Kleenex as I listen to further <laughs> podcasts, but I think I think the podcast is going to be in great hands. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. 
It is. It's actually the the best one of the the reasons I I love triathlon so much is because of the stories of um, the people around me and even uh, the people that I train with or uh, people will tell you I'm the great collector at the at the Y where we train. <laughs> I tend to uh, that's how our our little team has has grown. I I like to train with people. I don't like to train alone. So I, I see people running on the treadmill or I see them regularly at the Y, maybe outside. I go, hey, do you train by yourself? Do you, would you like to come train with me? And then, <laughs> and then uh, next thing you know, we got this little group of people training together and I get to learn their stories and get them to their first triathlon or, or um, help them through that way. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Okay, so to you know, get into your story, mm-hmm. Your journey as an athlete began at quite a young age as a swimmer, and you had a great run in that sport. So just talk to us about that phase of your life of that of being Sheila, the swimmer. Yeah, so I uh, grew up in London, Ontario, and I have two brothers and one sister. My sister and one brother are quite a bit older than my younger brother and I, uh, and my sister actually taught us how to swim in the backyard pool. Uh, the age of seven, she decided I should maybe try summer swimming in the, the local summer swim league. And I went in, did some races, got disqualified. Uh, she came home with a trophy and medals, and I cried the whole way home in the car because I wanted that medal and those medals so badly. I actually wanted to steal them from her. It was like it was like a, an actual tantrum. It was terrible. Um, so my parents, and uh, with the encouragement of my older sister, put me into the, the local London Aquatic Club at the age of eight. And um, from there, I, I don't know, I, I just seemed to excel in, in the sport of swimming. And by the age of 12, I had made my first Canadian Nationals, wow. uh, just in one race. <laughs> but I, I went and I was, I think I was second last but that's okay. It was, it was an amazing experience to see all those like super fast swimmers and, and Olympians at the, at the event and, and get a real taste of what could be in the future potentially. And, and from there, uh, you know, that's all I knew was swimming, go to school in the morning with wet hair. Uh, I was the girl that always had the messy braids and the messy wet hair came right from swimming. <laughs> Swimmer hair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly the worst swimmer hair um and then uh you know at, at high school i would bring my breakfast to class i would take the, the city bus there you go, city bus from swim practice go to high school i would sit at the front desk in chemistry class and eat, told the teacher hey you know what i gotta eat my breakfast or i'm not gonna make it through your class and he's like all right so um just kind of lived breathed ate swimming all the time and did you have any sort of goal or aim in mind to get get to you know it was always a really nice thought that i might make the olympic team um didn't quite get there but uh i did make the canadian national team so i did i just missed the commonwealth games team in 1990 uh which you know, was a, a shocker because I was 15. So I'm not, I'm not young, but I was, I was 15 then. I was young. I made the Pan American Games team in 91 and mm. uh, went there and went to, I was fourth in two events. So I tend to be, that's my favorite number is number four. Um, <laughs> I'm fourth a fair bit, but that's okay. And then um, 
I, I had some issues. I was dealing with some, some self-esteem. I, I, uh, I struggled with the pressure of feeling like I, I had to make the Olympic team. And, and much of it was self-imposed. And some of it also came from my you know, uh, family and, and things like that. And that they, they spent their whole lives mm-hmm. at the pool as well. So then I, I, I just, yeah, I, I really just blew it basically, uh, that final year in 92. So didn't make the team, uh, but instead took the scholarship to go down to school. So I figured, you know, if I'm not going to go to the Olympics, I'm going to get something out of this sport that I've spent so much time in. And I got my education down in Texas Christian University uh, in the Fort Worth, Dallas area. That must have been a big change from the Great White North. It was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Culturally and, and weather and terrain and everything. Everything. Um, even just lifestyle, right? Like I, you know, at home it was, here I am, the 18 year old and your mom's like, I'm sorry, but you have practice in the morning. Why aren't you in bed yet? It's 930. Like get to bed. And then, <laughs> and then you go to school and you're like, Whoa, I'm on my own. What do I do here? People are feeding me. I know I have to show up to swim practice, but you know, wow, there's alcohol here. And um, (laughs) so the first year was a little bit crazy. We'll put it that way. A little rough. It was a little rough. My grades were not where they should have been, but enough to to get through. I did manage to, to get to NCAAs that, that year and compete there. And, um, and then go home. I went home, obviously, for the summer and, and swam. Came back for my second year, kind of on the same path, a little bit of party, doing a little better in school, trying to figure out how to balance a little bit better. And uh, the, my boyfriend at the time, one day, the end of our, our first half of the year, we were, we were going out, we were going to Cowtown to go dancing or what have you. And I'd had a few drinks, so I wasn't driving. And I don't know exactly what happened. I honestly don't remember how it happened, but I uh, woke up in the, the truck, slammed against a, a bridge. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I quickly put it into swimming for the rest of, of my sophomore year. My, I also put it into my, my boyfriend's football career for that year as well. Oh, yeah. Made it a little bit tough. So it was a good semester of recovery. Um, kind of looking at my life a little bit and, you know, what am I doing? I have this great opportunity, but I'm, I'm kind of throwing it away. My coach was good enough to, you know, say, hey, you get home in the summer, you, you figure out, you start training again, and I will keep your scholarship and see how things go. So they could have easily just taken it away and I would have been back at home, you know, mm. trying to get back into University of Western Ontario or yeah you had a second chance yeah he he gave me a second chance so i'm i'm very very lucky with that so the next year i really i stopped drinking (laughs) no more alcohol Uh, my grade point average yeah went up a lot (laughs) (laughs) i managed to um not get back to where i was in swimming but to get back enough that i i was able to final at our conference championships my junior year and then by senior year I was able to final and and medal uh, medal my senior year at uh, our our conference championships so 
I uh, I feel like I earned my scholarship back yeah, yeah. that way. Yeah, and um, very grateful. Really fought your way back. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it was uh, it was a little bit of mess. I didn't actually think I'd be able to run very much after the accident. I I did. I'm not exactly sure what I did, but uh, the dashboard went into my knee, so <laughs> I had a little bit of surgery done right away after that accident, and and wasn't sure what would happen other than maybe some freestyle swimming, but managed. I guess if you notice, uh, Sheila, and uh, also if you notice uh, from the past stories that we had in this podcast, um, usually there is always an, uh, an event, you know, that's something that triggers uh, something, a reaction on you, you know, and it becomes an inflection point. And uh, moving that person from a situation where they were actually damaging themselves in some way to a usually much better place, but, uh, but there's always that sort of inflection point. And I guess in this case was, uh, in your case was again, no, is a, this, this accident you had with your boyfriend in the car. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that was, that was one of them. I, I have made a few slips after that, but, um, that was a huge change for me, especially with school and everything my parents had, you know, sacrificed for me to be there you know, I needed to make sure that I, I didn't throw that opportunity away. And that accident was definitely a, um, an eye opener to, to that point. So what, was that more of a motivation or more of pressure? You know, that's obviously a tough thing to go through, right? Because first of all, you have like, the, just the thought of having to end your swimming career, that would have been scary. And on top of that, the scholarship would be lost. So there's a lot of pressure going into that recovery. So what is that? What was that recovery like, and what was going through your head at the time? Um, there was that, there was a lot. I was fighting depression and and what have I done and why have I made some such a mess and and how can I, you know, how can I recover from this or can I recover from this? Uh, to oh my God, I better recover from this mm. because I I I. Oh, again, that pressure was there. I, I owe it to my my parents. I owe it to my teammates and my coach to 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 put myself back together and 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 do this, especially if they're going to allow me to keep my scholarship and and um, and keep going. So it was a, it was a combination of both. But I'm real. I'm in a weird way. It's, it was a good thing that the accident happened because it did break me out of. Hey, I'm doing a lot of drinking, I'm going to the parties, yes, I'm going to practice and I'm doing school, but I can do a lot better than what I'm doing. I'm just kind of, you know, going through the motions versus really focusing on what's important. So in terms of, of that, the accident was a, a good thing to to uh, motivate me to, to get my butt in gear <laughs> in a better way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm coming back from that adversity, I'm sure carries forward into the rest of your life. Yeah, it does. It comes back. I did struggle, quite frankly, after school was done because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I could do. Yes, I had a degree, but I was Sheila the swimmer. You know, now I'm not Sheila the swimmer anymore. Mm. What do I what do I do? So such a big part of your identity. Yeah, and I know a lot of athletes who who grew up and maybe they were in higher end sport or they're a national team or they were, you know, beyond that. And they struggle with the same thing. Uh, what do I do now? This is over. Like, who am I without this sport? 
and and it's it's is definitely something you got to work through and i and i did go and and try to be a swim coach because i thought oh i'll be good as a swim coach but um <laughs> i really i liked parts of it so i loved and i was coaching little kids so i enjoyed the little kids i enjoyed helping them and and Moving them along, I really didn't enjoy the parents. Is that <laughs> <laughs> I, now that I am one, I, I, you know, I, I understand where they are coming from. But um, yeah, I will actually only coach a kid if the kid themselves asks me to. I've had parents ask me to do individual coaching with their kids, and I won't if the kids don't want to, for that reason. Yeah, because it's sometimes it's just the parents that are pushing, 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 and, and the kid might not even want to be there. Yeah. I mean, some of them are definitely do, yeah. Yeah, some of, yeah, definitely they want to be there and the kids are pushing, but you can tell those kids. Mm -hmm. um, and those parents. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, yeah, you can. Yeah, I'm sure my swim team that my daughter um, belongs to now, and I actually swim there too, they're, they probably, they cringe when they see me coming, but I, I try my best <laughs> to, to like, to hold, hold my thoughts in. <laughs> well, you know, isn't that one of the coolest things about triathlon is it's a sport that we all came to as adults it is like you know maybe there's a future in which yeah, and maybe now parents are pushing their kids into triathlon but for the most part we all choose it yeah we choose this sport right we, we've all come yeah. to it one way or another later as adult because and i think it's because we love it yeah it, once you start it <laughs> everyone just seems to enjoy it and i i know for me a lot of it's social um, I love the social aspect of, of triathlon, uh, you know, but the challenge of, you know, finding that, that sport challenge that I didn't realize I missed all those years, it really keeps me going as well. Did it kind of feel like you came back to yourself when you found triathlon? I did. I really did. Uh, I found, I, I found a little piece of, of my old self that I liked mm -hmm. and, and, uh, it makes me happy when I when I go for a run or uh, see my teammates or get a text that says, "Hey, are we running today?" Oh yeah, we are. Let's go for a run. It just it just brings that that uh, that excitement of competition and and camaraderie back that I haven't hadn't had in a long time. Going back to that previous point, like being a mom now um, with children who are into sport, um, how do you try? To and make sure that they don't completely wrap that entity around sport. Mm. So I, I'm working really hard not to be one of those moms um, <laughs> that, you know, I was, because I was high-end in sport, I'm kind of coming at them where I'm not pushing them as hard as what I may like to, because I don't want to, I don't want to put that pressure over them that, hey, your mom did this and your mom did that. Why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you doing that? And I trained 11 times a week and you're only going five. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, I don't want them to feel that. And, and I want them to be able to explore other opportunities. So my, my uh, little daughter right now is, is competitive swimming, but she, I also, you know, she wanted to do the school musical this year. So she, I said, go, go for it. Like, go, go try out for the school musical. And she got a part. And so she's doing that too. And, and I don't, and um, I, I don't want them just to be that one person. I want them to try other things, have experience at other things and know that they can do something other than just that one sport. So I, um, I, I, 
I have no trouble with them trying things. I know she's getting older though. So if she wants to stay in swimming with the amount of money that I pay for her to go <laughs> to practice, she is going to have to be a little more focused soon <laughs> um, and, and pick something. So if you want to focus on swimming, focus on swimming, uh, but know that you have the abilities to do other things. Uh, but if you don't want to focus on swimming, then that's okay. You can go do something else. So I, I've taken that approach because I've I've seen I've seen other parents and and the shadow that they cast over their kids and the pressure that those kids feel to to live up to their their parents' previous accolades. I just don't want that for them. So yeah. So my so my older daughter she doesn't really do a lot of sports. Tons of talent. No desire to put in that pain. Hmm. She doesn't like the pain of training. So that's a big part of it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So she's like, forget it. (laughs) She does. uh, She grew up sewing. She made her own grade eight grad dress and her prom dress uh, last year for prom. And, uh, you know, she did all the school uh, plays and and things like that. And uh, she will join cross country or she did the steeplechase for track, but just for fun. Like she showed up and then, oh, it's track season. Okay, I'll go, I'll go do the steeplechase. <laughs> oh, great. And, um, and then my youngest, she loves basketball. She, I tried her in swimming uh, every day. She says, mom, I can't stand it and I hate it. And I said, okay, but you have to stay in it until you can swim well enough that if you go to the lake or to someone's friend's house, I know that you're okay. So that happened last year, and so now she's she's basketball and and sewing, and she loves uh, she loves all of that altogether. Mm. So yeah, I just want them to to not feel the way that I did or some of my friends did, and they just didn't know what to do other than just that one thing. So find find their own way. Exactly. So take us from that time after you left uni. How did you sort of move on from being a swimmer? Uh, I tried the coaching. You know, I was doing it for a while, but at some point during there, I, I got pregnant and, and had a, a baby, uh, my first daughter, and realized that coaching really wasn't going to, one, I didn't care for it, and two, it didn't really pay the bills for what I wanted for my daughter. Uh, so I decided my degree should come in handy, and, and uh, my sister encouraged me. She goes, I know the perfect job for you. She goes, you would be a great sales rep for pharmaceuticals. <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay. So I applied for a position and, and got it. And it's been my career ever since. And that's um, afforded me to be able to one, do triathlon <laughs> and uh, to look after my kids and, and my family and, and have some flexibility there as well with that. So I managed to get my career and then I focused on raising my daughter, building my career, uh, having more children and just really focused on family. And, and that was my new identity was mom and pharmaceutical rep. And, and that's what I did. Yeah. And so I wasn't, um, and I was okay for a while. And then my husband was very busy and he was traveling and I was with the kids a lot, uh, trying to hold my job, look after little, little children. Uh, he was traveling and I was feeling really overwhelmed and, and, uh, didn't really know what to do. I felt like, you know, my only friends were my, 
like two year, two and four and mm-hmm. ten year old, you know, um, which isn't a bad thing, but it's not a great thing either. So, uh, my my brother, my younger brother, actually had um, so there was thirteen. I'll just go back here. That was like thirteen years of that, and my exercise consisted actually of I had a treadmill in the basement, and so when the kids were sleeping in the morning, I would get up. And uh, I would walk on the treadmill and then I would watch an episode of Days of Our Lives that I had recorded from the day before. Wow, classic. Yeah, that was, that was, my, that was my training for 13 years. I didn't touch the water uh, except for to bounce the babies up and down at ba- like kids swim lessons or, you know, let them because they said, mom, get in the water. And I'd be like, oh, okay, I'll get in the water. Here's a toe, maybe a, maybe a leg, I'm coming. Um, but I didn't really touch the pool at all. And uh, it, yeah, so that was, that was that. And then my brother one day called me and said, hey, you know, he's, he had started a swim team of his own in London. And he had said, uh, we're going to go to Masters Provincials. I'd really like you to swim for my team. Said, well, I haven't swam in 13 years. I don't know what you're getting. <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, that's okay. Like my sister Terry was going to go and swim as well. And and he said, it'll just be fun. I just need some people. I just need some people to swim because I want to grow my team and this will help give it some look like there's more than two people. So uh, so I said, if I get into lane swim once a week, I'll come. So I, I managed to do that. Because uh, I live in a, I live in Grimsby, Ontario, which is about an hour and a half away from London. So I couldn't swim for him, with him. I just swam on my own. Uh, went to the meet, walked on the deck of the pool, which this pool we used to swim nationals at. They had Olympic trials there, um, all kinds of stuff. And I thought I was going to vomit. <laughs> like just that, that feeling oh, of yeah. pressure came back. Like, why am I here? I'm supposed to be a fast swimmer. I'm Sheila the swimmer. And quite frankly, I definitely don't have the body of Sheila the swimmer anymore. And I'm pretty sure I'm not going to swim that fast. <laughs> I'm hoping nobody here knows me. <laughs> and um, I went out on the deck and looked around. And I went, I don't think this is going to be so bad. The, not, the people that were there were from you know 18 years old up to 85 years old and I watched a woman that day a couple women actually that totally inspired me Uh, one was she just aged up to the 80 year old age group and she broke the world record in the 200 butterfly wow that is awesome and yeah it's amazing I'm like she just did a 200 butterfly I can't do that right now but that was amazing and uh, another woman you walk up with her walker get help up onto the block and dive in and swim a 200 freestyle and I was like why am I so scared to do this why do I feel so nervous these people are just here they're having fun you know they're 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 enjoying themselves so I ended up talking to a lot of people and meeting lots of people there and relaxing. Swimming wasn't fast, but I swam. I had fun with my siblings and, um, and, and it sparked the interest of sport again. Unfortunately, when I left that swim meet, I went, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go do this again next year. I'm going to do the provincials again next year. But then kids, work, you know, I don't have time. I can't get to the lane swim because it's only at these times. And 
you know, a lot of the time it was late at night and I was exhausted by the end of the day. I'm like, I can't go. I can't go do that. You know, I can't leave the kids. I need to get a sitter. What am I going to do? And then my husband said, said to me, he said, well, can you find a, a team to swim with? And so I called my brother and I said, who do you think I should? Is there anybody who would take me right now? You know, maybe a couple of days a week if I can. And uh, the club my daughter swims for now, the, the coach, he said, yeah, as long as you pay me, I don't care what club you swim for at the races. <laughs> <laughs> you can swim for your brother if you want his baby and you can come, you know, twice a week or whatever you want to come. So I said, okay. And we worked out the schedule with my husband or whatever that I went those two times a week and showed up and the coach on the deck for the, the master team. He was also a triathlon coach. And he said to me, he goes, you know what would help you get into shape, Sheila? I'm like, oh, okay. One, I'm not in shape. And two, what do I need? <laughs> and he goes, you should come out for a run with us and maybe ride a bike. And I said, well, I don't have a bike. I haven't ridden a bike in 20 years. <laughs> and the only bike I've ever ridden really is a mountain bike. So I don't know what you're going to get. And he's like, well, it'll help you get into shape like okay well maybe because my in the meantime my sister and brother had said let's go to world championships they're in montreal for master swimming so i was like yeah okay it'll be a family trip right well my parents came my or my dad and his his uh, new wife and um they all they all came my brother my sister and her husband the kids whatever so uh, i said okay we can do that so i thought i better get in shape so i went out for a couple of runs thought i was gonna die <laughs> just terrible Got on a, a bike on a trainer because I'd never been on a bike. Tried to learn how to clip in while it was stationary. <laughs> uh, Good plan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did that a few times. Um, but found that the running was really hard. I, uh, um, it was really hard, period. Uh, but also for swimming as a swimmer, you know, running generally and biking makes your legs a little heavy, changes your body position. Not the great for swimming in general. So I was not really doing all of the things the, the coach had asked me to do. I actually wasn't running at all <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and he'd say, are you running? I'm like, oh yeah, 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 I did the running. <laughs> and he's like, I don't think you are. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm doing it. And I ended up getting out on a bike with them because I thought that would might be okay. The bike about three times before the world championships on a Sunday ride. Uh, the coach came out with me once by myself in the neighborhood taught me how to, you know, clip in on the, while we were moving and go out on this group ride with these, quite frankly, ITU athletes, these kids um, that were really quite fast. Like a couple of them were on the Canadian team. And I was like, I couldn't even stop my bike without falling over. <laughs> like literally, I couldn't clip out right. I would fall every time. And so they would actually ride the, we'd ride the bike and the, the light was red. And this is terrible because we tried to stay within late neighborhoods that were too busy. Um, the coach would look around and then he'd look back at me and he'd look and he'd go, nope, let's just keep going. There's no cars. We're, we're not stopping. <laughs> Sheila's going to fall. We don't want her to fall over. <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad. Sheila's going to fall. We're not stopping. Just go. Um, so I was like, I'm terrible. But I was like, good enough to, I, at least I could stay on the bike like while it was moving so that was okay 
So I went to world championships with my family, did that, did that swimming. And I thought, okay, he said, you need to try a triathlon. I said, I don't even really understand triathlon. I said, the only triathlon I ever saw was as a kid, I would watch sometimes the Ironman on TV and go, that's crazy. Why are they doing that? That's insane. Um, I'm never going to do that. And I thought, okay, well, I don't even understand. Like, my, I seriously said, how do people transfer from their bathing suit in the swim to put on their bike stuff to ride their bike? There's no change rooms. Like, where do they go? <laughs> There's no change rooms. <laughs> I, I had no idea about triathlon, like an actual triathlon. And so, um, anyway, they kind of explained it to me. I bought a really cheap tri suit so I could just wear the whole thing the whole time. Went three weeks after Worlds, or two, two, two or three weeks after Worlds, did my first sprint triathlon. I came third in my age group, and uh, the coach said, okay, you have some, some ability here. I want you to train with us all winter, and then we'll go do a half Ironman next year. I went, <laughs> what? That's a leap. That escalated quickly. I don't even quickly. know if I like it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, that's my, that's my coach. I swear to God, it goes from, you go from zero to hero in like five seconds. Um, and, and so I was like, I don't even know if I like this sport, like, and where am I going to find the time to train for that? So I was like, let me do one more race before I got to find one more race before I make a decision like that to try before I, like I make that commitment. And, um, in Ontario, so I did that that first race at the end of August, and there's only one race left in Ontario for this season before it gets too cold and they don't do them outside anymore. And it's called the Barrelman Triathlon, and they do it in Niagara Falls. It's like a point to point. They start in Welland, and then you end up in Niagara Falls. And it's a half iron distance triathlon. So I was like, hey, I just signed up for this Barrelman. It's in two weeks. <laughs> I think I, I'm going to do this one. And he's like, what? He goes, no, you're not. I'm like, yeah, 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 I can do it. You guys are going to be there. I can do this. And he's like, you're crazy. You don't know anything about this. I'm like, well, I'm going to do it anyway because I don't know if I want to train with you guys. And so the longest I had run, so we tried to, because I know you haven't been running, so let's, let's put something together for you. The longest run I'd had was 12K that I did once. And then a um, couple of bike rides in between those two triathlons, just try to get a little bit better. Then I went to the Barrelman. I was first out of the water, which which is expected. I, I did good there. And then, um, then I got on the bike and I was riding the bike and the wind is really bad in Welland. So the Barrelman's known for the wind. So one, one direction you're riding your bike, I was going 19 kilometers an hour. And I'm like, I'm not even going to make the cutoff time. <laughs> and then you turn the other direction and, and you're, you're going zooming. 52 kilometers an hour. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, I might make the cutoff time. I'm going to be okay. And then uh, got my riding shoes on, went out for the run. And I was running out of transition. And this woman goes, you look fantastic. You're running so good. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not running very fast. And I looked at my watch and... It said I was going four thirty kilometer pace, which was probably a minute faster than what I should be running um, per kilometer. So I tried to cl close it down a bit, but I um, it was a very painful run. But I managed, and I and I pushed it out. Something crazy about myself. I was going to show my coach that I was going to make this 
didn't care what he said, that I couldn't, I was going to make it. And uh, I made it, finished it, uh, ended up fourth woman overall. Wow. And second in my age category. So wow. which was 40 to 44. So I did my first triathlon at the age of 40. Nice. And uh, yeah, and, yeah, and finished. And, and, um, and then I sat down right after the race on the grass. My coach is looking at me and I said, hey, I did pretty good. And he looks at me and goes, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> like, what? What? What are you talking about? He he said he was actually hoping that I wouldn't finish what? to teach me a lesson. <laughs> I think he failed on that score. <laughs> he, he did. Um, how, however, he did he did relish in the fact that two other women there that were with our group had to like help me to the washroom because I thought I was going to die. I was felt like I was going to have a heart attack. I was in so much pain and my chest hurt and I was crying. I'm like, I think I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> Don't take me to medical. Just take me to the washroom. I'll be fine. Um, but, uh, and I couldn't walk for a while afterwards. It was pretty painful, but I did it. I got, uh, the barrel men gives amazing prizes. So if anybody wants to do it, it's pretty cool. Uh, they give cash prizes regardless of whether you're pro or, uh, age group. Nice. Oh, nice. You are, yeah. If you're top five, regardless of your de designation, you finish top five overall, they will give you a check. It's not a big check, but it's a, it's a, it's a good Sweet. check. So it's nice. Yeah. Um, and they also, because we're in the wine region, we also get a, a beautiful bottle of wine. Um, Rudy Project was giving out gift certificates for helmets. And I got uh, a new watch for the fastest swim. And, and I was like, this is amazing. Oh, my God. I have to do this sport. Look at all these prizes I got. This is fantastic. <laughs> so then I was hooked. So I trained through the winter. <laughs> and um, we went to uh, first half Ironman. So my husband and I and the team went and uh, was in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina. So it was pretty hot. And uh, I was riding. I, I swam. I did great on the swim. I think I, I won the swim for my age category. Uh, got out of the water, made it to the bike, actually rode the bike. And I got to this one portion and my husband and coach and some of the other spouses were out there watching at this one, one spot. And my teammate, Kevin, who had the same helmet, they thought he would be coming in front of me because he's a really good cyclist. Luckily, he had got it. Not luckily, but he got a flat. So it ended up that I came to that spot before he did. And they were like, go, Kevin, go, Kevin. And then I hear from behind me, holy crap. That was Sheila. <laughs> so I ended up coming in on the bike. I finished. Uh, I got to the close to the transition, and I had just been taught how to take my shoes off while they were still in the pedals. But um, I really, I was like, "Oh wait, the transition's right there. I don't have my shoes off. What do I do?" And I was like, pretty much stopped my bike, took my shoes off, and then went into transition, <laughs> and then. Went out for the run. It, it was hot. It was kind of funny. I thought I was going to get DQ'd on the run because I didn't understand. I was running just head down, just going. And I was on my second loop and, and some people were coming in for their first first loop from transition. And um, I don't know where this man came from, 
but somehow there was this man in front of me and I stepped on the back of his shoe and he fell to the ground or he, I don't know if he fell to the ground, but it was really dramatic. He must've got a calf cramp or something. <laughs> and he laid, he laid down on the ground and he was like, oh, oh, my leg, oh, my leg. And I stopped running and I was like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, oh my God. And he's like, my leg, my leg. And then this other guy comes up behind me, he goes, do you not know that you are in first place for your age group? Can you please just run? <laughs> I was like, what? I'm like, what? And then I, I was like, okay. And then I ran to this the policeman that was on the side. It's like, that guy really hurt himself. And when I turned around, he had been already standing up and running. And so I, I was like, okay, he's up, he's up, he's okay. So I start running and I run past this other man and he goes, oh, are you going to take me out too? <laughs> and I was like in tears. I'm like, I just want to finish this race now. <laughs> so I finished across the line. My husband's there waiting for me and they have the food tent right there. And I'm like, I think I need food, but I'm not sure. And I was completely delirious because I had tried so hard. I worked so hard and I don't think I ate properly on the course and my nutrition was pretty iffy. Um, they took me to the med tent right away because it was, yeah, I didn't really know what was going on. Um, and then I found out that I won my age group. Mm. So I was, I was pretty excited. Um, 19th overall and I, I won my age category and I got to come home with a trophy and I met Meredith Kessler there. She won the whole event. So she was super nice and talked to me and she was totally awesome and, and said congratulations on like your first Ironman half and like your third triathlon ever and uh, from there I did a couple more tries and and uh, my coach told me that if you really want to be seen as a triathlete you have to do an Ironman what? I was like but I don't want to do an Ironman here we go again yeah I don't want to do an Ironman this, I was like yeah I, I just, who is this coach He's... <laughs> No, his name's Lee Hart, actually. He's really good. He has a lot of good athletes, but he's pretty intense. So um, kind of follows along with what I grew up with. So I really didn't know, like, that's just kind of what I know, right? My coaches were always very intense. You work hard, you do this, you make it, and you forget that you're 40, you know? Like, I don't know what you guys are like when you, you race and stuff, but I forget my age. I'm just back to where I'm training. And this is what I need to do if I want to race fast or I want to improve my time, or if I want to do better, I just got to train, train, train. Um, so that's where I was. And I said, okay, I'll do this stupid Ironman. And uh, <laughs> <Stupid> <laughs> yeah, I'll do this stupid Ironman. And um, we trained and I had never really run very far. Like that 21 K and a half was like really all I had my longest run ever. And that was painful. So we're building up these, these runs and I'm crying. And my friend Kevin, who I'd mentioned before, is like, oh my God, can we just leave her and just go? <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine by myself. Just let me run. I'll make it to the, I'll make it back to the Y. Just like, don't worry about me. And they're like, no, we got to make sure you survive the long runs. Let's go. And uh, so it was a lot of that. I had quite a few injuries um, just because my, my body was not made for running. Um, the muscles were swimmer muscles. They were more um, flexible, loose flexible all my joints were very flexible and this running was killing me so anyway I ma made it through went to Mont-Tremblant it rained it was 2016 so I don't know if you've talked to anybody else who's been to that Tremblant 2016 but it poured rain for the entire race 
Oh, no. like torrential. And there was also um, a big accident on the one hill where people ended up uh, in uh, going to the hospital, a, bike, a big bike crash because people came down the hill way too fast and lost control and things like in the, in the wet rain. Like it was, it was quite a, quite a, quite an experience, but I was, I was running and I was in second place and I, and I was hurting really bad. And I came around the first loop cause it's a double loop um, run. And my husband was there. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're going to make Kona. You're in second. You can do this. <laughs> and, I said, and I think I turned around. I swore at him. I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> like, I hate this. <laughs> I don't want to go up that hill again. I know what's after this. I know there's a big hill. And, um, and my stomach got sick partway through. And then because I, I had been chasing that girl because I can't help myself. So I was chasing her and I'm like, I can get her. And then, and then that second loop, it was just like, nope, she knows I'm coming. And I just had to stop and use the porta potty and now she's gone. And so, and at that point I was kind of disappointed in myself because I, I mentally gave up and, and, uh, and, and just said, well, I can't catch her now. And then I was like, I don't want to go to Kona after running this because mm -hmm. I really didn't understand grasp the whole importance of Kona. I really didn't. And I was like, why would I go to Kona when one, I didn't win my age group, which doesn't really mean anything, which I understand now too. <laughs> and and um, two, I'm going to go there and spend all that money. In six weeks, I have to race. I'm going to go race. It's going to be a terrible race. And then I'm not even going to have any energy to enjoy the, the island. So why am I going to go spend all that money and not even enjoy Hawaii? Because I'll be too dead to do it. <laughs> and so that was going through my head during the race. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do this. So then the whole time I'm like, but how am I going to explain, explain that to people? Like that I don't want to go to Kona. I was like, maybe that girl in third will pass me. Oh, so the whole time I'm like, just pass me. Just pass me. Somebody pass me. <laughs> and it never happened. <laughs> so I ended up second. And then when they were doing the call out the next day for um, the spots, they're like, and Sheila Trelevin, Sheila Trelevin, you want your Kona spot? I'm like, no, I don't want my Kona spot. Wow. They're like, are you sure you don't want your Kona spot? I'm like, nope, I don't want my Kona spot. And um, the, the girl in third place, she goes, really? You don't want it? I'm like, no, really, I don't want it. And so we were up on stage getting our, our, our plaques or whatever. And she's like, I'm so excited. I'm going to go to Kona. I'm going to take her spot. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm really happy for you because she really wanted to go, right? And I just... It's your good deed for the day. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, you look at, back on it and I go, you know what? That was the, the, the decision at the time. And it probably was the right decision because I would have went to Kona and I we would have spent all of that money and I probably would have, you know, struggled from what I've heard about Kona to finish that race at that point in time. Um, and, and, and then, you know, I don't know what we would, how our trip would have been planned at the time, but it, it you know, it probably was a good decision then, but I know, uh, it definitely, um, it definitely was, was, I took a lot of flack for mm. making that <laughs> decision. Mm. Well, I mean, it was your first Ironman. And on top of that, I mean, the, the, the thing with um, Mont Tremblant is that it is uh, usually like mid-August. Yeah. So like you said, it's only like six weeks and then you have to go back again, right? So <laughs> Yeah. And it, it was just like... Yeah, that is a tough... Yeah, it was, a, it was just... It was tough for me to get my mind 
wrapped around that. Um, so my coach being who my coach is said to me, okay, you're not going there, but you know what? You could probably do pro card. I'm like, I'm 42. <laughs> I'm like, I just, <laughs> I just turned 42. What do you mean I can do a pro card? I also work full time and I have three kids. I can't be pro. And he's like, Oh, I bet you did. I bet you the times you've done this year and you're placing, you could get your pro card. And I thought, oh, okay. I guess I have a trouble saying no. So I'm like, okay. So I went in, I looked at all the criteria to get my Canadian pro card. And I went, oh, I do qualify for that. Well, I'm probably never going to qualify for that again. I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> Definitely, you know, I'm, I don't have time to have five years in triathlon and then say, I'm going to go for my pro card now. Um, by that time, I'll be 45, 46. And uh, yeah, probably not the best time to go at it for the first time. So I thought, okay, uh, I'll do it. So I applied for my pro card. But I, I didn't think it would happen so quickly because I applied in September thinking, oh, I'll get it in January and I'll start the year off fresh. And I got it right away. And what I found out was that the pro card was only good until the end of that year. <laughs> and then I would have to reapply. <laughs> and there were new, new rules for um, the pro card starting the next year. And some of them were age requirements and, and things like that as well. And, um, and I thought, holy crap. I better get a race in because if I had a race in and I placed at a certain percentage within in the winning time, then I would automatically requalify for next year and not have to worry about those other criteria. And then I could have my pro card for three years, which would be great. So I thought, okay. So I, I, I got on a plane all by myself, packed up, got my bike packed up, my bike shop, County Cycle, they, they piked up, uh, packed up my bike for me. I had made it found out from my friend um, who I went to school with, actually, Amanda Stevens. I don't know. You guys know her. She was a pro triathlete. She went to school with me. We were sweet mates at school. We're at a bike shop in Miami that I could call ahead of time so they could put my bike together for me when I got off the plane hmm. and went to the Ironman 70.3 in Miami all by myself, went and did uh, this pro, pro race, um, scared to death. I had... The, made friends with the people at the bike shop, thank God. So uh, they kind of helped me out through the week and drove me places and, and uh, told me not to make friends with certain people in Miami on the streets because I tend to talk to everyone. And, uh, and don't walk here, don't go there, just stay at your hotel and in this area. I'm like, okay. And got into this race. And they put you in the water in the dark. So one, I'd never done an ocean swim. I'm scared to death of being eaten by a shark. So uh, not that, you know, in the harbor, there's probably not that many going to eat me. Um, got in, jumped in the water in the dark, which was scary. We had an in-water start. I'm used to going off in the age group swims and being right out in front, not having to worry about other people around me until you swim through the next wave in front, which is okay. It's not that big of a deal. You can navigate. This was a whole new experience. I got in there and I got just hammered. <laughs> there's arms flying. There's arms hitting you. There's strategic swimming. There's people in front of you not letting you pass. I got um, hit in the face with an elbow. I had a black eye. I'm swimming going, oh no, what am I doing? I am in way over my head. Like, what was I thinking? Who talked me into this? <laughs> and um, 
I, I, I ended up, I, I think I was fifth out of the water and then I uh, got on my bike. It was probably last because I'm terrible. I'm not terrible at the bike, but in relation to the other pro girls, I am terrible on the bike. And then um, finished the hot run. Actually ended up walking part of the run because it was so bloody hot and it was hard. And uh, talked to my one friend, Miranda, Miranda at the end. And I said, I walked. She goes, you walked? I'm like, yes, I walked. <laughs> uh, but I finished, did the, had my experience. I was, think I was 16. Um, there was no way I was going to fly out there, do that whole thing, take that time away from my family and not finish that race. And went back, got my pro card again. I said, okay, I'm going to go in and reevaluate this. I'm going to learn a little bit more, especially about where to start in this swim. Um, <laughs> How to do this whole thing. Yeah, I went to Eagleman the next year. Lauren Brand, was it Lauren Brand or was it another race? Oh, Texas. It was Texas and I was in Texas. Um, 70.3 in April, which I hadn't been out on my bike on the road yet because there's no way you can ride your bike on the road out here unless you're bundled up like the Michelin man before then. So my first time on the road was in, in Texas. And anyway, I got in the water and, and Lauren Brandon, who's like super fast swimmer, was kind of moved far out to the side and not in the pack of this swim before we started. I'm like, that looks like a really smart idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I moved way out of the side, like not in line of the buoys at all and swam and, and kind of followed our lead and went from the outside and moved in towards the buoy. And it was a much better swim. <laughs> no <laughs> nice strategy. Yeah. And then it was fine. So, so yeah, so it's, um, it's a, it's a lot of learning. It's a lot of fun experience. And for me, like I, I don't get it. I have a few sponsors um, that are really awesome and they're really cool to me, but I, this is not a, a career. I'm not making money at the pro triath triathlon. Like I'm, I'm not finishing on the podium and that's okay. I still have my full-time job and all of my kids activities and my family to worry about. And, and uh, this is, is more for the experience and the enjoyment and getting to meet all the people all the way from like the pros and learning from them, but also meeting a lot of really cool people. And I love talking to people in line at registration or when we're setting up our bikes in transition. And I, and I, I strike up a conversation about like, Hey, those are really awesome shoes. Where did you get those? <laughs> you know, and then a whole conversation ensues and you find out about people's lives. They do this for a living. I met another pro who he does this because he, he's actually, in the US um, Army and they travel a lot. So it's really hard to, to pick a, a race a year out and commit to it oh, yeah. um, as an age grouper. So as a pro, he's able to jump into races uh, at a very, you know, a couple of weeks ahead of time, a few weeks ahead of time um, when he knows he's gonna be around the area or if he's in another country or whatever. So there's lots of different stories and, and reasons why people race pro or race age grouper. and, and um, it's just a lot of fun. So my best placing actually was at Louisville. I was ninth in October in the Ironman. I got talked into another one. <laughs> <laughs> it also poured rain. So it's like really a really bad omen. So I'm doing Mont-Tremblant again this year to, uh, to, re, to redeem myself. But I'm going to warn all the people that make doing Mont-Tremblant Ironman this year that it may pour rain because I will be there. <laughs> so, well, you never know what you get on race day. <laughs> wow, that was some journey. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, you went, you went from literally 
like from 40 years of age doing your first sprint to becoming a pro in two years to now like it, it's just crazy yeah i mean she's a, she's a mom she has a full-time job a family and then i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i think that to qualify as a pro there's no distinction on, on age at all no right there's there like you if you make this you make it if you don't you don't Exactly. You either make it or you don't. So there's no, like some of, some of the younger girls that are coming in, I'm like, I could be your mom. (laughs) (laughs) But that's okay. Yeah. So it's just, it's a, it's a lot of fun. You know, it it just, it really is. It's just a lot of fun to to say that, but I, I, I have a realistic view now of where I was. I have to tell you that when I first started pro, my competitive brain didn't really have a realistic view of my abilities or what I should be, what I could do based on all my other, all my other obligations that I, I have. You know, I would go in going, I think I can come top five. I think I'm going to come top five in this race. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, no, no, I was 16th. Oh, I was 11th today. I'm pretty excited about that. And, to, you know, and realizing that I, I'm not going to be top five and that's that's okay not unless everybody else gets a flat tire on their bike <laughs> and then I will be okay <laughs> that uh yeah and and that's okay but that was a bit of a struggle as well figuring that out and and realizing that you know it's okay not to be on the podium it's okay not to win the money uh it's okay that I can't take a nap during the day and recover for the next workout. And you know what? It's okay also for me to miss some workouts because I have to volunteer at my daughter's swim meet for my volunteer credits as a parent on the team. It's okay because my my kids have recitals for either piano or sewing or whatever this week. That's okay. You know, I'm I'm gonna miss that. So now I, I need to realize that that means I'm not going to be high up on the, the rankings. Oh, well, you know, it's okay. Well, priorities. Yeah, and I get the experience and I get that opportunity. And there's not very many people really out there that, that get to experience all of that. So I'm really happy that, that I've gotten this chance. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it is really something else. <laughs> <laughs> it's something. I actually you had a, uh, um, a husband-wife guest on your show uh, a few weeks ago. My God, I'm so sorry. Their names are... are um, leaving me but they did Louisville this past October and they were talking about how hard it was and how awful the weather was oh yeah <laughs> oh are you talking about Danny and Ray Goggs yeah the Goggs yes I am <laughs> yeah and just how they stuck it out and finished finished the race and I have a lot of respect for them and a lot uh, it was a tough race and there were so many people that that just couldn't finish due to hypothermia <sighs> Um, uh, the weather conditions, they, like they said, they cut the swim short, which really sucked for me. But I, I, those are the people that kept me going on that race. Uh, Those and the teammates that I brought that were doing our first Ironman ever, unfortunately, at the rainiest, coldest day that from Canada, we were not expecting that kind of weather. We go to Kentucky because it was supposed to be 18 to 20 degrees Celsius, (laughs) not five. (laughs) <laughs> not five degrees um but i have a lot of respect for them uh listening to their their story and and knowing what they went through to finish uh to finish louisville 
because I, I almost quit on the bike at, at that race. Yeah, because it was hard. I think I, 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 this is a friend, uh, it's a guy that I follow on Instagram, Canadian actually. Okay. Who who he didn't he couldn't finish uh, Louisville last year. I think it was because of that. Yeah. Yeah, it was because of hypothermia. There are stories of people who, um, some of my people I, I ran into afterwards, they actually stopped at ambulances, went in the ambulance, ambulance, warmed up for half an hour, and then got back on their bike to continue <laughs> the race, just because it was so cold. Yeah, I was I was pulled from a race for hypothermia. Because I stopped at an aid station and I couldn't get off my bike and then I couldn't talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the judges said, "You're done. Yeah, goes over here." <laughs> yeah, and I was, was like, "No, no, I'll get back on my bike." <laughs> I know. I, I stopped Stupid. at Stupid. Yeah, I know. Eh? I stopped at the special needs and I was like, "I can't hold on to my water bottle. Can you refill the one in the front for me? Because that's the only one I can get liquid from." And I have a chocolate bar in my bag. Can you unwrap it and give it to me, please? <laughs> and they were like, okay. They were the best volunteers ever. And the, the volunteers in the in this um, the bike, the, the change tent from bike to run, I those women were, they were phenomenal. They were like dressing people. They were like trying to get you warm. They were taking change, helping you change your sports bra and your shorts because couldn't move you couldn't move your fingers they were tying my shoes <laughs> they were like are you okay now what else can we do are you warm what other clothing can we put on you <laughs> wow. like just amazing I amazing people but so do you have any goals set or any plans for the rest of the year i have a few races that i've picked out i've decided that this year um like i said i realized finally that i am not the super pro triathlete and I won't be most likely on a podium at any time. So this year I chose my races based on which ones my friends were going to <laughs> from home from my team. <laughs> so uh, I have on the list 70.3 Chattanooga in May. I have uh, the Ironman 70.3 in Mont Tremblant as well as the full in Tremblant so far. Uh, this year as the ones I'm I'm booked for. Uh, if I want to jump into something later uh, in the year, maybe in September or October, I'm, I'm uh, open to doing that as well. Just depends on how I feel and how the season's going. And I have in actually three weeks from tomorrow, uh, there's a race in Hamilton. It's a, not a triathlon, it's a run. It's called the Around the Bay. So their claim to fame is that they're older than Boston. I'm not sure if you guys have heard of the Around the Bay or not. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you have? Very cool. Yeah. So it's a 30-kilometer race. The runners that come, come there's some really fast runners that, that come so, uh, to win, like people that have been to the Olympics and uh, all those runners that you were talking about earlier, Robin, before, before we started, all those type of people. Uh, so I'm going to go and, and do that not expecting any kind of podium finish or anything, but hopefully I can do it in close to two hours and, and enjoy the, enjoy the day. I'm going to bring my 13 year old daughter to, to watch and, and uh, get the whole feel of the, the event. And uh, yeah, so that's my, my next race for this season. So uh, this season's just all about enjoying the, the experience and, and having fun. That sounds like a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, to take us to the end of the show, we have a final few questions. Okay. So what's the message you would want people listening to take away from your story? Um, there's a few, but I think 
one of the big one is, is I, I started this sport at the age of 40. I don't think there's an age limit as to when you can become active or get back into sport. I don't think there's a limit on time. Um, you know, there's some limit on time, but, but you can find the time if it's something that's important to you or that you enjoy. So, uh, you know, I know lots of moms out there that say they don't have any time to exercise. They don't have any time to, you know, go do the things that they would like to do, get to the gym, do a triathlon. How do you do it? Uh, but, but I think you can find those ways, whether it's, you know, you get up in the morning before your kids wake up and you, you get your workout done before you have to make lunches for school. Or, or you, you know, you talk to the coach of your kid's swim team, if that's what they're doing, or their track team, or what have you, and you say, hey, is there an opportunity for me to, to swim or train at the same time that my kid does? Yeah. So I have to be here anyway. So, you know, since I'm here, can I go do the things I want to do while, while they're here too? And you'd be really surprised um, how supportive the coaches or your, you know, kids coaches or your friends or even your job will be when it's something that you you know really believe in or and really want to do for either your betterment of, of your health or the just you know a, a goal for the betterment betterment of of your your mental health because that's what triathlon is for me so that's my lesson you know find find a way you can always find a way mm, love that Okay, and are there any people or brands that you like to give a shout out to? Um, yeah, actually, I, I would. So um, my sponsors have been very kind to me and, and sponsoring us, a woman who started at the age of 40. Uh, so Skechers uh, Performance, so Skechers is sponsoring me. They're awesome. Uh, as well as Xterra Wetsuits has been here since day one. And Borgie Canada for my, my goggles. Uh, I'm really happy with F2C Nutrition has taken taken us on and my team as well uh try hard traff on um my family so my husband and my kids and and uh my my parents and my sisters and brothers for for supporting me through this crazy journey of triathlon my job and all my colleagues at work are really good friends and they always cheer me on and send me texts during the triathlon that I get to read afterwards so they're they're also um, super super supportive and helping me to keep going and actually to uh, the new um, swim series swim run a series that I'm I'm involved with at home. It's called Stroke and Stride. So uh, to uh, Mike and Steve for letting me be a part of that that really fun home based uh, swim run series. I want to thank them too and my bike shops, um, Nick and and Gord at the County Cycle. They've been super helpful because my cracked my frame last year. It just cracked and they were able to. <laughs> get me a new bike very quickly and, and, and get me up on going on the road again. So I appreciate that. Great. Okay. And before we ask our last question, tell everyone listening where they can find you online. Oh, um, I, they used to be able to find me a lot more, <laughs> but again, those priority things keep happening, but you can find me at Instagram at, uh, Sheila Trelevin, as well as, uh, on Facebook at Sheila Trelevin Triathlon. I have a blog, uh, Sheila Trelevin at blogspot.com, but I haven't written it in a, in a while, but the plan is to, uh, 
start that up again this season. So you'll be able to find me there too. Awesome. Okay. And our last question is, why do you try? Why do I try? So many reasons. Um, one, because I love the social aspect of the sport. It's, it's really quite a good outlet for me and gives me a, an opportunity to chat as much as I want to, <laughs> which is usually a lot. Um, I love the mental aspect in terms of my mental health. So it's, it's a great release uh, for me. It's, it's a good opportunity to, to let out all the frustrations of the day and, and do sports and compete uh, the way I like to compete. Um, which is generally fairly hard, and and um, I like to I like to always try for the win, and this sport allows me to do that. So I just I love the every aspect, start to finish. So that's why I try. Awesome. All right, Sheila, it was amazing to hear your story. Thank you for coming on the show, and we look forward to having you on this side of the conversation from next week onwards. Welcome aboard. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for having me, and I'm. Super excited, actually, to be on the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and to allow other people to talk. <laughs> It'll be good. I think yeah, this was one of the easiest podcasts for us hosts. We didn't have to do anything really. Self-driven Tesla. We're along for the ride. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to finding out a lot more about you guys too. So. And so that also means that this is Robin's official last episode as a host. So <laughs> Robin, thank you for everything. And we're definitely going to miss you. Oh, I'm going to miss you guys and, and just all the stories. Fortunately, I get to download the podcast and keep up that way. Yeah. And I did hear one podcast say, uh, you guys mentioned maybe, Robin, you might like to come on as a guest at one point. Yeah, for sure. Of course. Yeah, I would love to. That would be awesome. We'll make that happen soon. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for being a part of this Humans of Triathlon community. Hope you're enjoying the show and the other content. Make sure to join us again next week here on the Hot Podcast, where we'll bring you another amazing guest and story from this Audrey but extra Audrey world of triathlon. Until then, everyone, keep trying. <laughs>